Welcome to the Architect of Change show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. So my motivational quote today is by Brian Tracy. He's one of my uh, favorites out there, and it goes like this. Successful people are always looking for opportunity to help others. Unsuccessful people are always asking, what's in it for me? Today, people have an innate understanding of marketing and of their power over and value to brands. Engaging and motivating people now requires an approach that marketers have traditionally not embraced, an approach that's more about authenticity and transparency and less about interception. Smart marketers understand that traditional marketing is becoming less and less effective by the minute and that there has to be a better way. Enter content marketing. So today, during this show, you'll discover actionable tips to discover and implement an engaging content marketing program. Are you still following out-of-date marketing strategy, or are you current and up-to-date? Let's find out. My guest today is Fran Lytle. Uh, she is a behaviorist, brand strategist, author, and co-founder of Brand Champs. She helps brands engage people through branding, content marketing, and brand storytelling. So let's jump in and tell our story to the world. Welcome, Fran. Oh, it's so good to be with you uh, today, Connie. Yes. So for the listeners, this is actually your second time on the show because you're so dynamic. <laughs> we, and, and really, really, you know, for me as a small business owner, uh, Fran, this topic is just so relevant and there's so much information that, for people who are running marketing departments, CEOs of companies, and of course, small business owners, you just don't know where to begin oftentimes. So I just love that, number one, I love your presentation, but I also really enjoy how you break it down simple. And I think everybody appreciates that. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, uh, there is so much information out there about content marketing and content strategy. And you could probably spend an entire day reading all different pieces of advice. But at the end of the day, you probably still would not know how to develop a plan. So the conversation that we'll have today is going to be great because we'll yes, be able and, to go ahead and share what it is and how to do it. Yes, exactly. And I'm really excited because I think at the end, you and I have spoken several times, the other thing I like about your presentation, you're all about how-tos. And for me, you know, I know what I need to do. And then, you re again, like you read that all that information, and then you say, what do I do first? So I know that you are going to give a bunch of awesome, impactful, and relevant marketing ideas and strategies as we, you know, begin the discussion. So first, I think let's start with, you know, what the heck is this content marketing? What does that mean? Yeah, there's, there are a lot of misinterpretations about what it is, but let me explain exactly what it is. It's a way Please. of communicating with people without selling. I mean, that's the best way to explain it. Uh, it's what, what's been called non-interruption marketing. So instead of pitching your products or services, like you would have um, a, a TV spot or for a small business, you would place an ad in a newspaper or an association or a trade journal, what you're doing is you're sharing uh, information that really engages people. Now, the, the important part of this is that you have to share uh, valuable information that's relevant to your target audience. So, for instance, if, if your target audience, let's say, is, um, uh, let's say you have services that would be important for CPAs to engage. You know, you have to make sure you're, you're sharing relevant information to that category, but you have to do it in a way that's valuable. So you want to share some sort of tip for them. And that's what, it, that's what it's all about. It really helps you to develop relationships because you're sharing knowledge that enhances someone else's knowledge and you are being the one that shares it. 
sure. So you're the conduit. You're actually the conduit of information that's relevant to whatever's going on in their world to say this information is helping me with X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. I just want to go back. You, you said non-interruption marketing. And, and I just want to make sure I'm understanding because I know we hear terms and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that means. And, you know, people are listening in their cars, et cetera. I just want to make sure that I, I confirm because if I'm questioning it, they're in the car saying, huh? So non-interruption marketing is not pitching the product. It, that's the information piece that's relevant to um, the person, valuable, you know, information to the person you're trying to target. Did I understand right. that correctly? That is correct. So okay. let's, let's think about it. I'm, let's say I'm reading a website, okay? I go to a website, I'm reading information about something that's interesting to me, and then all of a sudden an ad pops up or uh -huh. a banner ad shows up on one of the pages or there's something that's called right now pre-roll ads. That's when you click on an article, and before you get to read that article, you're kind of forced to watch a um, one-minute uh, commercial. And then after you watch that commercial, then you can get to the content. Those are all things that are interruptions. I want to do something else. I want to read an article or I want to get some information, and these brands are interrupting what my goal is because they're trying to sell their products and services, and it alienates people. So content is not doing that. Content is saying, here's something that will really be helpful to you, and you're not selling your products and services, and you're doing it in a way that's uh, acceptable to everybody. It would just be very casual. In other words, so it's not we, – we, we're trying to – what you're saying is we're trying to eliminate all the noise around the content. And that's exactly right, Connie. Okay. And, and as we go through, will you share um, examples of how – not to do that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Just again, I want everybody to be clear that content marketing isn't, hey, I've got a deal for you. It's really about just sharing information that can impact how someone does something or, or thinks about something or gives them a new way to think about, et cetera, or help in a decision-making process. So, um, I, and I know you, you're full of ideas, so I think that if, people, if it resonates with people, they'll understand the topic even, even better. Right. Okay, so now okay. another question. All right, question. Content marketing is that whole communication without selling. So how is that different from social media? Okay, this is a great question. Think about it this way. Social media is a vehicle. So the social media is the car. Let, let's say you have something that you want to deliver somewhere, okay? And uh, we'll just use this as an analogy. You have to put it in a vehicle to get to its destination. So whether you're going to put it in a boat, a truck, a car, once you develop content, you have to put it in something to get to people. And that okay. something is the social media. So you would put it, the vehicles would be uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. The social media is only the vehicle to share your content. If you say you have a social media program and you don't have any content, your vehicle is driving around empty and it's not going to get to a destination. That's the best way to think about it. Sure. And I'm now I'm picturing my vehicle is a sporty, cool white car. <laughs> Top down, <laughs> hair blowing. <laughs> hey, I could dream, you know? <laughs> mine, mine is a Volkswagen Beetle. It's reliable. See? It, it gets you there. It puts a smile on your face, okay? It's you see, much more practical than I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's such a, a great analogy, analogy because it's really true. The uh, how we deliver the information is where. What are the platforms that folks are reading articles, looking for information? Um, I do a lot with different forums on LinkedIn that people all over the world are connected and we talk about relevant content, whether it be the financial service industry, small business owners, um, et cetera, small, you know, work women, uh, small business owners, uh, et cetera. And 
they're really relevant topics. So LinkedIn happens to be a great resource for me from a learning. I try to read and learn something every day. Um, that seems to be where a lot of activity is. Again, maybe my generation and, and what have you. So let's go back now. I have another question. Why is content marketing important to people's brands, you know, on, on how people relate to them? Well, it's because uh, people are more educated now. We have so many uh, media options that we realize that we have power over brands. We can make or, or break brands in some instances. So, I mean, if you look at some of the – and I know I, I don't like to get stats when I'm on the radio because uh, it's hard for people to, to grasp them, but if we look at a couple of numbers – if you're if you sell to consumers, there's recent research that indicates that 70% of consumers prefer to get to know a company through articles rather than through ads. That's seven in ten people. And 68% of consumers said they'll spend time reading content from a brand they're interested in. So you the the statistics just are are phenomenal and. Uh, 61% of consumers report that they feel better about a company that offers content that's relevant to them. But I know many of your listeners uh, are B2B companies. So I hear from B2B companies frequently, oh, it's just for B2C companies, content isn't for us. And I think that your listeners will be quite astonished to hear that 80% of business decision makers prefer to get company information from content versus an advertisement. And 60% of business decision makers indicate that company content helps them to make better product decisions. So it's interesting, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I had one client who interviewed several companies before choosing me to help them develop their sales service and coaching culture. And the one executive who was really key in that decision-making process He's very interesting because I had sent all my links to my blogs and my website and, you know, videos and the radio show. Actually, I didn't have the radio show at that point, but I sent them all of that content and I said, not only will you get me in my training, which they, they had seen me in action before one of their employees had referred me with referral business, another great, great way to, you know, to have a testimonial before you walk in. But anyway, um, so when I met with them and I shared all of that information, later on he told me that I was the most flexible of all the vendors, that I understood them, which was really interesting because I think, what do they say different? you know, than these other vendors. And he loved that after his folks went through all the training, et cetera, that we had established that they would have connections to me. Uh, of course, they could always email me directly and I would help them, but they can also go and stay connected with me on all of these platforms and get this cool content that was relevant to time management, leadership, uh, you know, whatever, what, finding balance with, with work and home, that integration. Right. So he loved that I had all of that set up. So he had done his research about, he liked the content I was sharing, which made him, in his words, I was a better fit, but I think it was because of all of that investigation he did and what I offer. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and that's a great example of that statistic that 60% of business decision makers say that uh, content helps them to make better decisions. Everybody, yes. we, we all want to improve ourselves. Everybody wants to improve themselves. I mean, you heard the old adage, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, all right? Uh, Correct. You want to surround yourself with smart people because that's how we grow, we learn, we discover, and, and we become better at what we do. So. If you think about somebody who's your potential target, they need to know things in a particular category, but they're working all day long. How much time do they have to sift through all of the information that's out there? That's exactly right. Yeah, if you're providing it for them, and you're providing it for them kind of like in small tidbits, so yep. they can read it, they can read it, digest it, nod their head and go, yeah, that makes sense. They left the office that day or they started off at the office that day 
with new knowledge, and they like you because of it because you're the one that brought the knowledge to them. Yeah, it's um, interesting. And just tell me, I don't know, you probably don't have a statistic for this. I would never put you on the spot like that. But I'm hearing and finding that people are resonating more with video content than even written content, again, for the time saving from a learning standpoint. Is that what you're seeing in your, uh, you know, as you go out with clients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Video is very engaging. Uh, and, um, you know, just think about it. How many times do you want to learn how to do something and you Google it? Uh, they'll give you article after article, and then you'll find a YouTube video. You click on the YouTube video because you figure in two minutes or less you're going to learn how to do it by watching it. So, yes, a video is the, is the next step in content. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to do 100% video. It just means to keep in mind that written articles uh, are, are a good form of content. You want to sprinkle in some videos every once in a while, and videos are quite easy to do now because you you know you have tools to be able to do it basically yourself. But we don't want anybody who's listening to think that if they don't have the capability or the knowledge or the bandwidth to do videos, that they shouldn't jump into content marketing. They're your first commitment, everybody who's listening is, at the end of the show, raise your hand, I'm going to do this and get started with the articles, and you'll find some videos that will start to put you on the path of videos, and you definitely can achieve that. Yes, and and we're going to take a quick break. I just want to comment on the video piece. I have one uh, person that I follow, and she does little three-minute videos right on her iPhone. Nothing complicated. She shares the thought for the day or whatever it is, literally three, four minutes, and then, boom, you're out. And it's like, oh, let me think about that today. Let that kind of percolate in my brain. Literally three minutes you're watching and you're on. So our iPhones, the power that we have with these smartphones is ridiculous right now. Yeah, and you'll find quite a lot, quite a few videos are being done using iPhones. Yes, absolutely. Let's take one quick break, and then when we come back, um, what is content marketing, that topic. I just want to talk about, I know myself, my initial thought was, I don't have time for this. So if we could just talk about the time element and then go on to how to create content marketing, that would be great. Absolutely. Okay, you got it. Quick break. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Fran Lytle, brand specialist, and we are talking about content marketing specifically. And the next piece is that I know everybody out there saying, yeah, this sounds great, engaging the client. We certainly want to do that. I don't have enough time in my day, especially, I think, Fran, the small business owners who try to do everything themselves so that, you know, it's a cost savings, you know, when when you do it in house. What is the myth, though, about I don't have time, that quote? Okay, so I, I hear this all of the time. And, in fact, you, you will have the time to do this because you do not have to create uh, original content for all of the, your posts on social media. If you think the best uh, formula for this is think about five posts. Think about doing a post every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Out of those five, three of them really should be original, something that you wrote or somebody on your team wrote or somebody Uh on your board wrote, and then two of them can be what's called curated. Now, curated means you found an article or a video 
that you know your target audience would be very interested in, and you go ahead and you post that with typically a question to them. So let's say you found a video about uh, how to do something specific that you know your target would be interested in. You would introduce it with, uh, here are some great tips to achieve this task or accomplish this task. Have you ever tried this? And that engages the target audience. So out of five posts, there's three of them that should be original and two can be curated. Now the difference between curation and aggregation is when people aggregate content, they just kind of take a big swipe across all the content out there and they'll select something that really may not be relevant. So what oh. you want to be able to do is how many times have you read something and you say, wow, my clients would love to hear that. When you get that type of excitement about it, that's what you want to go ahead and curate. So, so it's, fine. So it's not we'll just... It's not just, oh, this is topic on time management. I didn't read it, but let me put it out there so at least I've curated something. Right, right. And now, this is that I know even small businesses have current content because all of the small businesses are promoting themselves. So they either have long copy for brochures that they leave behind or they've developed presentations or they have something on their website, they should go to that content and see how they can maybe repurpose it not to be selling. That's a great idea. Everybody to get new business, we have to share something to show that we're experts in the field before we start selling our products or services. Sure. So look through every all the contents that you have right now and pull out that stuff that shows that you're an expert, that you share some expertise, that's a piece of content. So if you think about it, um, and the other thing that's great to do is you should uh, really reach out to other people who are experts and ask them to share. So if you know somebody, for instance, who is an expert in an area of expertise that you have, but you want to go ahead and augment the knowledge you're sharing, you would ask somebody, could you go ahead and write me an article, and I'd love to go ahead and post it on my social media as content. What Great happens, Yeah, what happens is that person will do that and then also spread it through his or her social media, and now you have actually uh, increased your reach just by inviting sure. some, another expert in. That, that whole cross-pollinating idea yep. where we're, we're commingling folks that are following us. It's so funny. I, I'm on different forums, again, on LinkedIn, and this one article came through, and it was about uh, men and women at home and how when you partner with the laundry and all that other stuff, not only does it make your, your closer, less divorced, the kids um, choose good Part, you know, partners in their future, but it improved their sex life, et cetera. So I'm like, I want to read this sucker, right? So I read, <laughs> I read it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is so awesome for working moms. And I happened to share it just with a friend of mine through email. She's on another forum, and she said, would you mind posting this on this other LinkedIn? I said, of course I will if you think it's, you know, a cool, cool topic and posted it on that. So you never know. I, you know, I was just sharing with a friend saying, hey, this is interesting stuff. And then you put it on another forum. Now people that are following that say, who's this Connie Whitman person? This is a pretty cool article. You never know who's reading your stuff as well and, and finding you intriguing almost, right? Absolutely. As a matter, I read that article, by the way. Fantastic article. You know which one I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And how can you refuse to read an article where you start to, you start to scroll down the article and there's a headline that says, when men do more housework or help out more with chores, you have a better sex life. I'm going like, I know. Well, I have to I've got to read this, okay? Um, yeah, chore but, play, right? It was called chore. I think it was the New York Times. Yeah. It was called chore play. I loved yeah. it. I said, oh, my God, this is so interesting. And come on, at middle age, aren't we all looking for ways to stay connected with our spouses or our significant others? So, yeah, it was a really, it was a very cool article. Um, question for you, another question for you. So that all makes sense, the five posts 
some can be from others curated as well as original. So mix it up. How do I go about creating a content marketing program? Because I don't think you just want to haphazardly throw crap up there. I don't think that would be a good thing. No, no. So this is what you want to do. The first thing you have to do is sit down and say, what vehicles do I want to use? Using that analogy from the previous segment, okay? Um, Am I going to use uh, uh, LinkedIn? If you're trying to reach business people, you want to use LinkedIn. Uh, If you're trying to reach some business people, but probably more um, consumers, you're going to use Facebook. If you reach uh, Twitter, it's going to give you um, uh, business people and also uh, consumers. And uh, Instagram right now and Pinterest are really more for consumers. So let's say you're a B2B. You would really want to concentrate on LinkedIn, on uh, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. If you say I don't want to be on Facebook, just I really recommend LinkedIn and Twitter. You want to do those two things. So that's now it's your first interesting. Step. It's interesting, friend. I just want to share for anyone who's shying away from the whole Facebook thing. You do if you do the personal, and then you can do the fan page, which is your business page. I only post stuff business related. I never put pictures of my kids or vacate. I don't, I'm having a martini with dinner. Who cares? So I don't get involved in any of that personal stuff. So I tell people when they meet me, you know what, connect with me on Facebook because what I put on Facebook is different than LinkedIn. So you get kind of a flavor of different things, but you'll never get anything personal um, in my life. You'll get all work-related, business-related content or, you know, just a motivational quote sometimes. It's kind of cool to get people charged up. So um, don't be afraid to do the whole Facebook thing because I have most of my followers on Facebook are business people. Yeah, people, there are still business people who are concerned about this. You're absolutely right. I have a personal Facebook page where I share with my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. I have a business page for Brand Champs that is only business. Yep. So you would want to encourage people to follow your business page, not like your personal page. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and what a difference because, again, it's another – I could put different pieces in, in the different – um, the, the, the different digital platform, and again, it's all it's all relevant information. So I don't try, and that's another thing, right? I think you taught me that. Don't put the same thing on a newsletter, Facebook, and LinkedIn all on the same day. <laughs> that's right. So social media is important. So you want to decide: Are you going to do LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter? Are you going to do LinkedIn and Twitter? What are you going to do? The other thing you should uh, think about is a blog. A blog basically is a place for you to put this content. So on your website, if you have a blog, whenever you uh, uh, share original or curated content, you would put it on social media, and then you would put it on your blog. And then if you use a newsletter, you can include your content in the newsletter. So you have to figure out what do you want to do first. Is it going to be a mixture of the social, which ones, also a blog, and also a newsletter. So you decide up front what you want, all right? So then after that, you, um, we talked about how frequently you should post on social media. Post once. Um, post once a day if you're going to be on Facebook. Post once a day if you're going to be on Twitter. If you're going to be on LinkedIn, you can post twice a week and still be very, very effective. The days to post on LinkedIn where most people will read your posts are Tuesday and then again on Friday. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because what happens on Friday, uh, people may not read it, but they're going to see it Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. By the time they get back to work on Monday, they're not going to look at their LinkedIn, most likely, because they're getting back to the work day. By the time Tuesday comes around, they go, oh, I better check in and see what's going on. All right. Isn't that interesting so, that you said that? Because it's exactly that's exactly how I behave, and I didn't know that. Friday I kind of check in and I think, oh, I want to read this, this, and this, and I do a lot of my catch-up reading on the weekends on those forums because I'm on so many forums. And you want to be present. I don't want to be right. on a forum for networking and put it on ignore. Then why right. did they ask me to be on it? So I really try to be an active participant. 
and that I seem to do uh, over the weekends because then I, you can breathe and think, and I want to respond, you know, with with an opinion to keep the conversation kind of flowing. So absolutely. Um, I had no idea about the Tuesday Friday, so that talks to me. I, I bet the other listeners are saying, "Yeah, yeah, me too, me too." <laughs> so you post on Tuesday and Friday on LinkedIn. That's very effective and it's very doable. On Twitter, you want to post every day, once once a day. On Facebook, you want to post once a day. If you miss once a day, it's it's not going to negatively impact your outreach to the point that you're going to mm-hmm. see a drop. But mm-hmm. you, you want to you want to keep current. If you're going to do a newsletter, no more than once a month. These brands that do these weekly newsletters or daily newsletters, even if somebody subscribes to it, they will unsubscribe typically within a two month period of time because they're tired of seeing show up in your their inbox over and over and over again. Absolutely, so I bet. I've made a habit every day. I try to unsubscribe to three things that are are just, they're overkill and I I don't have the time. So I just unsubscribe because it's, it's just killing my inbox and I I don't have time to look at everything. So um, very, very good um, tip with that as well, because I do find that I'm I'm unsubscribing on a regular basis now. Let's break. We'll take one more quick break. And and here I want to pause and ask the listeners I hope that this topic is, perhaps, I should say, perhaps this topic has been overwhelming uh, to them. Uh, they probably have been having this topic in board meetings, et cetera. We need to do something. We need to do something. And then it kind of sits there the next month and no one's ever doing anything because they're afraid that they don't have the time, they don't know how to do it, et cetera. With all of that said, Fran is available if you guys need help. She does in-person as well as telephone consults to help you tell your story and help you find the time, provide time-saving guidelines so that you do share your message worldwide and, you know, kind of connect with your, your customers in real time and and make you relevant. As always, uh, you know, I also look forward to hearing from all of you sharing your stories, whether they be successes or difficulties with your marketing, with your time management, all of those types of topics, because then I can share them on LinkedIn and and on the different platforms and even on the show, on the radio show. And I also would love to hear any um, ideas that you may have put in place from a time management standpoint to help with your content marketing, um, share those stories. I certainly will, um, you know, bring them forward and share them uh, again through my social media stuff. If you guys are connected through me with that, but also on the, uh, the, on the show so that um, we're always sharing tips with each other because really we need to share the wealth. Something's working for you. Chances are it's going to work for multiple people. So don't forget, you guys can email me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com, and I will spell it. So it's C-O-N-N-I-E at, and then W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com. And always feel free to call me uh, direct. My direct line is 732-888-1420. And, of course, go to my website, which is just like my email, www.whitmanassos.com. Also, um, I'm going to put all of Fran's contact information on the link on webtalkradio.net so you guys will be able to find her easy peasy. Um, but just in case, I'm going to give you her email address, which is fran at brandchamps.com. So F-R-A-N at and then B-R-A-N-D. C-H-A-M-P-S dot com. And I'll give you her direct line is 757 area code 336-0096. And her website is www.brandchamps.com. Again, all that, the the, um, website I'll put on the webtalkradio.net. So share your stories, guys. I'm listening. I'm waiting. I love to share um, information with everyone. All right. So, Fran, back to our discussion. So, my next my next question is, and you and I have talked about this before, and I think we should mention it before we go into let's share some tips on creating the engaging content. But how can they or how should they be sure that they're developing a consistent voice or that brand personality? We did the other show on that last time. 
Right. So when we did the interview last time, it was about how to develop a consistent voice in the marketplace. And uh, we shared the tip that uh, you need to uh, uh, identify a personality and then make sure that you use it consistently. And you might remember that we talked about that brand personality scale study that um, identified the five personalities that can define 97% of all brands in the marketplace. So you're, That's amazing. You're That's an amazing yeah, statistic. Yeah. I mean, the study, it, it would take me a half hour to explain it, but you're just, you know, that's, that, that's another topic. But um, yeah. so these, are, <laughs> these, these are the five. Sincerity, exciting, competent, sophisticated, and rugged. Now, everyone who's listening who has a business needs to be able to identify what is their brand personality. Not their own personal personality, but their brand personality. Is it sincere? Is it exciting? Is it competent, sophisticated, or rugged? Now, one personality is not better than another. And uh, although, Connie, you tried this with me, you cannot have two personalities. No, but I was schizophrenic. We did find that out. I, yes. can, I, can I just share? First, I want everybody, if you're unsure of your brand personality, please, please go back and listen to that other show. It was remarkable. Also, um, you, you, Fran, you sent out anyone who requested, there's a worksheet that you can fill out, which I did, and that's how I really, I called Fran and said I think it was schizophrenic, because, and, and no offense if there's schizophrenic listening, but um, <laughs> I said I came across, you know, I came across as sincere and competent, and Fran had looked at all my stuff already, and she said, well, Connie, all of your social media, your website, et cetera, it's all about competency, that you can do it, you're the go-to person. My voice, my, my voice interjection of the brand personality is the sincerity, which is who I am. So that's the driving force. But really, really, my brand personality is competency. Did I explain that good? That, you did an excellent, <laughs> excellent job. Excellent job. So, the, the so I, I, of- I really want everybody to go back and listen because when you do that worksheet, I did it as if it was Connie Whitman. Really, you have to take it from the perspective of the business and then me being the literally the face of, of the business, and that's where the sincerity came from. So, yeah, I hope they go back and listen for more info on, on that topic because it was um, really, really an interesting, another interesting show we did. Let's move on to creating the engaging content because I think everybody's saying, okay, great, I have to post daily. Okay, I could curate. Okay, I could have the people to write it. Yikes. How do I create this engaging content so that my customers say, oh, Connie sent an article. Let me read this. Okay, so that's a really good question. So this is, this is uh, what you need to know. When you write an article, you have to house it somewhere. In other words, it has to live somewhere so that you can get that link and post the link. So sometimes um, small business owners or business owners may have a blog. I have a blog. So I'll post an article, I'll write an article, I post it on the blog on my BrandChamp website. Then I go ahead and I have a URL that I can share in social media. If your listeners do not have a blog, there are two options, okay? One is to start a blog using WordPress, which is free, and it's extremely easy. It's a complicated process. The second one is if you have publishing... Um, opportunities or permission on LinkedIn, you can publish your content in that publishing box on your home page, and that way you can share that link, that URL. So the point is, just writing it isn't enough. You have to write it and you have to put it somewhere. Where are you going to, what house are you going to put it in? Are you going to put it in your blog house? Are you going to put it in your LinkedIn house? All right? So that's where it lives. Then you have to drive it somewhere. That's when we talk about the social media. Are you going to drive my it sports in car? That's my sports yeah. car. Yeah, my little be- <laughs> my little beetle. Okay, we're going yeah. to we're going to go ahead and we're going to put it in there. And we're going to drive it somewhere. But the important thing is you have to put it somewhere. So um, uh, you currently have a blog. If you don't, uh, or create one on WordPress. It's really easy to do, and you could actually find 
very short videos on Google, uh, on YouTube. I'm sorry. Just go ahead and Google um, open a WordPress blog, and you'll mm-hmm. find videos that show you how to do it. And, and you could do it, honestly, in a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, now you have that done. The next thing is how many words. All right. The articles that are shared most frequently have between 500 words and 1,000 words. More than 1,000 is considered long content and or long format content, and people don't read that as frequently or share it as frequently because they don't want to put other people out sharing sure. long content. But if your article, um, I really encourage everybody in your article to try to have a multiple subhead. So in other words, if I just open up the article, I can scan it very quickly and see like the three points you're making or the five points that you're making, and then I, that's either enough for me or I'll want to go ahead and uh, delve into the content and read the entire thing. Now your headline, this is important. People are going to click, oh, by the way, if it's a video that you're sharing, you shouldn't share a video that's more than three minutes if people are not going. They're, they're opened and shared less frequently, all right? Um, so the, an article is 500 to 1,000 words. The video is three minutes or less. Yes, um, we're bites. We're, we're sound bites in our society. Um, we like things quick. Quick bite, move on. Quick bite, move on. It's, you know, we buy one song, not the album. When we were young, we bought albums. Right now you buy yeah. one song. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so how do we so how do we how do we engage people? Okay, so what you want to be able to do is that the most important thing is uh, you're going to engage people uh, through headlines. All right, so mm-hmm. your headline has to be six words or less. That's very oh. important because that will be um, you'll show up in a Google search if it's six words or less. If your uh, article headline is more than six words, you're not going to show up in a Google search. All right. Interesting. So try to get it down to six words. If your headline, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about your headline. If your headline is um, uh, more than six words, so you want your. In other words, I read it recently. I've been uh, working with uh, brands that are trying to engage millennials. So I've been writing a lot about engaging millennials. So I would write an, an article and say. Here are four social media tips to engage millennials. Here are three behaviors that millennials uh, that engage millennials. I'll use these things. And if you want to head now and, and Google engage millennials or market to millennials, you'll see my name and my articles show up, all these different articles. Cool. That's because I use six words or less, and I use this other tip that I'm going to share with you in a moment. Um, there are headlines that are irresistibly complex. Clickable. Uh, we see them and we just have to click on it. Something happens to us, you know? So our brains, it's how our brains work, right? Keywords. Yeah, absolutely. So one of them is negative. Um, mm-hmm. It's sad to say, but if we see something like uh, five uh, mistakes you'll make when buying your first house, people are going to click on that. And sure. Instead of saying five tips to help you uh, to purchase your new house, it's not going to be uh, clicked on as frequently as the five mistakes. So if you because we don't want to we don't want to feel the pain, right? We don't want to feel right, the pain. So show me how not to make that mistake. Right. I don't want to make mistakes. The other thing is numbers and tips. This is very important. The this is so fascinating. So much research was done and found that a headline that has the number three or the number five in it. Uh, are read more frequently and they're shared more frequently. So if you're going to three or, uh, I'm sorry, list, Fran. I'm sorry. Wait, I missed three or what was the other number? Or five. Or five, really? So if you're going to share tips or you're going to say here are some mistakes or you want to say here are three tips to do this, here are five mistakes to avoid. If you mm. have more than three tips or more and then five, I mean more than five, Break it up into two pieces of content because people look at a list and they go, oh, 10 things. I don't have enough time to read 10 things. Oh. They don't even click on it, all right? So we have an appetite for three things or five things, not four, not two, because two seems like it's not enough. I'm not going to have enough information to have any information to make a decision. 
So try to have a three or a five in your headlight. So right. poor four. What is wrong with poor four? And you know, I, I, I feel bad for four, but uh, it's just—it's one of those things too. If you think about it, it—it it has to do also with movies and TV and comedy routines. We're used to hearing the joke is kind of like has three elements. A yes. good TV show typically has five elements uh, or segments. A good movie typically has five. So we're so used to hearing comedy routines and watching TV and, and go and seeing movies, our brain actually has trained itself to, oh, I know what that is. That's three things. I'm used to that. Oh, I know what that is. That's five things. I'm used to that. So uh, entertainment itself has actually trained our brains to how we're going to accept and engage content. All, all of the subliminal stuff that the movies, the um, uh, you know Hollywood and everything. See, what what was that movie where they came in and they they uh, turned their brain to mush? Maybe it was one of the cartoons when the kids were little. But I laughed and I thought, hmm, sure, we're plugged into the stupid TV and these movies and everything <laughs> that our brain is turning to mush. See, and they did. They taught us the three and the five. No fours, just three and five. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. It's, it's three and five. So, I, and you will. So, benefit from this research. Don't play around with other numbers. And sometimes I'll see an article and someone said, "Oh, I really worked hard on this. Look, I have ten great ideas." Well, it's great they have 10 great ideas. Break it into two articles. So five yeah. in one and five in another. Um, right. We all have more than three tips, or we all have more than five tips. But if you do have that, go ahead and break it up and break it up into content. The other thing uh, that works very well is um, obviously how-tos. You want to share tips. You also, people people are, are curious. Like, uh, if, you use a, if you use a headline that's kind of surprising, uh, a headline that would say something like, um, uh, I, I recently uh, actually shared on my social media, here are the, uh, the content words uh, or descriptions um, that we're going to overhear in, in, the, you know, in the coming future or something like that. It was in, within six words. But you look at that and I go, oh, wow, I wonder what that is. What are these phrases and words that people are banding around about content that uh, people shouldn't be using anymore. So people will click on that type of article. All right. So interesting. If it, yeah, if it's surprising or if it it, um, it makes you feel curious about it, people will go ahead and click on it. And then the the last thing to remember about this is it's called the four E's of effective content. Anything you share should either educate, entertain, engage. Or it has to be easy to share. Make it easy for people to go ahead and share what you're putting out there. Um, and I hope all of your listeners know not to post a very long URL. Don't put a link in there that is long. You need to shorten all of your URLs. And I always recommend that people use um, Bitly, B-I-T-L-Y. It's a free service. You copy your URL. In, in the top bar, you go to Bitly, you just paste it in a bar, and Bitly will give you a short URL. Oh, so how cool is that? Yeah, in in, in in social media, if you see somebody that posts a long URL, everybody knows that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> wow, that is so interesting. To- that could be a big negative. See, I'm using one of the words. Yeah, there you go. It, it really it is a negative. It shows that you don't understand um, how, the power of social media. Of course. So of it'll course. it'll automatic it'll automatically do that for you. It's very easy to do. You sign up. You have an account. It's totally free. There's no portion of the service that you have to pay for. And that is cool. uh, it, it was created so that people can share on social media in uh, in an effective manner. Because we're not sure. using up space and con and um, characters with those long URLs. It's just going to be a short one. And that's the one that you're going to share. Yeah. See, I say I like things simple, stupid. And I always say, not because I'm stupid or I think people around me are stupid. It's just that we make things much too complicated. So here's a beautiful, easy-peasy bit 
.ly to shorten the URL. You know, magical. It's just magical. We have about 12 minutes, so I want to take one more last brief break. And then when we come back, can you give us some tips or quote-unquote how-tos, another good word. <laughs> I'm trying there to do stuff, you know, but some tips to curate that engaging content. Um, and if we could wrap up with that, that would be great. Okay, so one more quick okay. break. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. All right, we are back with Fran Lytle, who is a brand specialist, and we are talking specifically about content marketing, and we've addressed what is content marketing. We talked about how do you go about creating content marketing programs. Um, Fran just gave some awesome tips to create engaging content. So now, how do we curate that engaging content? That's, I guess, my last question. Okay, so that's a really good question. As I mentioned before, before curation is not about aggregating. You're you're actually picking and choosing. It's like in a museum. The 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 artifacts are are selected specifically to go in a particular exhibit. They don't show sure. everything that's done. Okay, so you're going to curate. You're going to select uh, articles and videos that you know are going. You're going to put in your vehicle to send out to your target audience. So. You have to find content that's relevant to them. So this is what I always recommend. There are three places that you can find relevant content. The first one is called BuzzSumo, B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O. Go to that website, buzzsumo.com, and up in the top, there will be a little box that will say, what are you looking for? So let's say I wanted to look for article, articles about engaging millennials. I would just type in there, marketing to millennials or engaging millennials, and then all of the articles that are out there about that appear on the page. So I bet there's and hundreds then, and hundreds. It's hundreds, but what you can do is look at the ones that that you like. Do you know what I mean? So I would, I would look at something and go, now, my... my um, my target doesn't really need to understand this, but they would really like to have this. So mm-hmm. it's so easy. Just If you're interested in content marketing, you would just do content marketing. You'll see all the articles that are showing up on content marketing. Look at one. See if you like it. You'll go ahead and you'll post it. And the way you post it is you uh, capture the long URL for that article after you click through to it, obviously. You're going to put it in Bitly. You're going to make a short URL. Um, a short link, and then you're going to go ahead and post it, and it's best to post with a question. So, for instance, uh, I might go ahead and um, it, it start a post. Uh, uh, this this one article I told you about that I, that I shared with everybody about the things we should stop, words we should stop using in content marketing. One of them was uh, brand enthusiast. People have a tendency to call themselves brand enthusiast as a title. And it really does not mean anything. So if you say you're an expert in content marketing and you call yourself a brand enthusiast in content marketing, people will ignore you because they realize that it doesn't mean anything. All right. right. So what I did is I, I posted this. I, I posted the article. It's a big word, enthusiast. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I, I said I posted the the article and I said and uh, I said here are words that we should stop using in content marketing. But if you call yourself a brand evangelist, you might not want to read this. Or perhaps you should. <laughs> and it got shared 
everywhere. I mean, I cannot tell you how many hits and interactions and shares that I got. So you want to you want to post it with a question or something intriguing to get somebody to read it. So even though you're curating the content, you still have to come up with a post to do it. And I, and I know, Connie, you do this with all of your social media. You, you want to have a question, you want to have something that's engaging, okay? The second place is a really good place to get uh, content is SlideShare. You know, SlideShare was purchased by LinkedIn. Oh. So you, you can go to SlideShare, just go to their website. Again, it's free. Um, and they'll have the different slide shares based upon content. And actually, you could subscribe to a newsletter, and that newsletter will share with you, here are the most shared slideshows on in our SlideShare community over the past month. So if you see that something that's really been shared like a thousand times, you know that's great content that people want to read. It's the same thing when you find it on BuzzSumo. It'll say this was shared by, you know, uh, 500 times or whatever it is. You want to look for the ones that are shared a lot because those are the ones that people want to read or those are the ones that people want to see. And then the third place to find great content is LinkedIn Club. So everybody who's on LinkedIn, you know you can actually, there's a little tab there that you can find articles on LinkedIn Plus. That's the third one. But I do, I highly recommend both Sumo because um, it, it, pull, it pulls from a whole lot of different areas. You're going to get a lot of content. And, and you could be specific to what you're looking for. So the Buzz Sumo is literally, you know, a, it's like going to a library, you it know, at, at your desk. Yeah, it's almost like going to a library desk. Now I have, another, I have an interesting question or just observation based on something you just said. SlideShare was purchased by LinkedIn. Are you seeing with content marketing and like BuzzSumo and all these things, are they starting to merge, I guess, to increase presence, maybe increase profitability, et cetera? But are, are you seeing that, or was that a fluke where, where uh, LinkedIn purchased SlideShare? No, it's a really good observation, Connie. Um, uh, Twitter just purchased a, a very popular video format. It's not Vine, but it's like a Vine. Um, oh. uh, and uh, to get access to all those videos, uh, uh, LinkedIn purchased SlideShare to get access to all those uh, PowerPoint presentations. Um, uh, something that's really exciting that's happening in content just happened recently with Starbucks, where Starbucks actually started their own media company. So they are going to produce uh, TV shows and documentaries about things to share how we can make this world a better place, and they'll show wow. their content on flat screens in all of their Starbucks uh, retail outlets. And then the next thing is it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a Starbucks channel. It's going to be like a, like a Hallmark channel or a Discovery channel. When you check into a hotel, or you, can, you can get that channel on your TV. So the first one they're doing is um, a documentary about uh, soldiers that return from war. They have a very difficult time getting employment. And so they're bringing this to the attention. Yeah, they're bringing this to the attention of people who are standing in line at their stores waiting for their coffee. Uh, and Starbucks actually has made a commitment to hiring 15,000 uh, returning soldiers within the next three years, I think. So it's, it's, part of their, it's part of their soul. But you think about it, this is, this is huge news because this is a brand that not only provides content, which they do, now they've formed a media company to put their content on their own media. It's it's blowing everybody away that this is happening. So you know, but are you surprised? Starbucks is so forward thinking in everything they do, and you know, everybody we've all been to a Starbucks, right? You go into Manhattan and they're on every you know every corner. But you walk in, it's got a cool hip vibe. You know, you want to sit down, have that cup of coffee. It smells good when you walk in if you like the smell of coffee. You know, it, it's just a cool place. So here's here's an interesting, um, another interesting observation. So Starbucks, um, what is their brand's personality? Because everybody knows oh, who Starbucks is. Yeah, their Starbucks, their personality is exciting. They said we're gonna yes. they we're gonna create they created a new language 
they created um, a new name for things. They created an experience where uh, they actually they actually are a publisher, um, a music publisher, where you can purchase. Uh, um, you listen to CDs, and also you could purchase CDs in their store. There, everything is about the experience for them. How the seating is set up, the music they play. Now these documentaries and TV shows that they're going to show you. You don't go there for a cup of coffee. You go there for an experience, and the experience yeah. has a lot of different touch points to it. It, it. You know, it's really true. You walk into a Starbucks, and you feel the electricity. You feel the vibration. Um, one of my clients, so funny that you mentioned that, they also train their people beautifully. One of my clients just hired um, a, a young lady, a Starbucks young lady, and who worked locally, and she that one of my banks just hired her. She knows nothing about banking, but can I tell you, everybody in that town knows her, and they come in, and she's engaging them in conversation, and she's going to be credible because they like her, you know, because of what she did. She knew their coffee when they came in, so now when they come in to do deposits or whatever, who do you think they're going to go to? So Starbucks, they've got it going on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're always the best example, but this really has uh, media companies like NBC and ABC paying attention, and it has other brands paying attention, saying, if this is going to be the future of content, we, we can't be on the tail end of this trend. So oh, it was just announced, I think, yesterday or the day before yesterday. It's, uh, it's, it's great news. We'll be hearing a lot more about that. But, um, so exciting. For, for your listeners, content, they basically are, are, are providing content but they're publishing it on other media. They're publishing on social media. They're publishing on a the blog. They're publishing it in their newsletter. But um, they own the content. It's it's not it's not like creating an ad when the ad kind of you have to pay for you have to pay for placement. Yeah. So when um, when you create an ad, usually you have an ad agency do it for you, and then it has to be you have to pay for media to get it placed. So many people are touching it before it gets to the to the target. Um, sure, it, it, a lot can get lost in that. A lot of it touch. A lot of people touch it. So when your listeners develop content, they develop it and they publish it themselves. And that that speed of that publishing is is crucial to sharing pertinent and relevant uh, information. What a change from years ago, you know, that traditional marketing example, you know, that I took in college and how far we have come because of the technology is just remarkable and awesome. You know, I, I see my kids, if they want to learn how to do something, especially my little guy, Wilson, I'll walk in his room going, who are you talking to? And he'll say, oh, I'm watching a video on YouTube to whatever it is about, you know, NHL hockey, you know, on they, they play the game on um, Xbox. And I look at him like, you'd kill me. So he's constantly, and he started his own um following where he was posting videos. The kid's a crazy kid. He posts videos of how to make plays or better plays on the NHL, on Xbox, or you know, on football, whatever it was. He has a couple hundred followers on his YouTube channel. It was hysterical. I said to my husband, this kid is like a marketing machine. He was doing this at the age of like 11. You know, and I go, you want to come work, yeah, you want to come work for me because I don't know what the heck you're doing. You know? It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. So, you know, our time is up, friend, but I really hope that the listeners are, are excited, not overwhelmed, or maybe initially overwhelmed, but to go to that BuzzSumo, go to that slide share, start to slowly enter and, and do the digital uh, platforms. Hire someone if you're a bigger organization. I ended up having to hire someone because the time element was just too, um, too, too much for me and well worth every penny I spent. Um, and the, my last thought, and, and you, know, you could share certainly a last thought as well, is it's our voice. It's your company. Share that voice. Be heard. You know, make it impactful. It's important because we all 
we're all here to help each other. Really, really, that's why you buy products and you do things and, you know, we create in, in our businesses. Share your voice. Share your message. It's just so important. And now we have all of this stuff at our fingertips, which is just cool. And, and if you're not embracing it, um, you know, you're going to be left behind, and that's a terrible, terrible thing. I totally agree with you, Connie, and I really appreciate you having me on. I always enjoy our discussions, and I know that a lot of people comment that we helped them out. I hope you helped them out today. I hope. I really do hope we did, and I hope they took notes on, you know, what content marketing is, how to create it, how to cure out it, how to engage. All of those things are just um, important, so they might have to listen to the show a couple of times. <laughs> um, I really hope you guys uh, found this an intriguing conversation and, and hopefully got your brains thinking about how you can implement this in your small business or if you're a CEO into your organization or marketing into your organization, et cetera. Again, I will post all of Fran's info on the uh, Web Talk Radio link so that you can absolutely reach out to her. And she does do um, – it's not Skype. It's join me, join me. Yeah, I um... – I deal with some clients that um, uh, we have meetings. Instead of face-to-face meetings, sometimes we have a meeting, and I use a service called Join Me, which I think your listeners would like to know about too. Join Me is a type of service, and it's quite inexpensive. You don't have to pay for it, but it's the most inexpensive and reliable in the marketplace where you can conduct a meeting, and you get a call-in number and a login number. So, Connie, you and I, I'll give you a call-in number, a login number. You log in on the computer, and you'll see all of the documents that I want to share with you to discuss with you and present with you during that phone conversation. Beautiful. Again, and, technology, right? It's remarkable. Yeah, some, sometimes you may want to say, well, I'd like to do this instead, or and then I'll just hand the presenter wand over to you, and you mark it up, and then you send it back to me. We're actually Beautiful. working on a document together. We're, we're collaborating together. Or you could be just presenting to someone who's, who's not part of the collaboration, but it's an incredibly efficient way to have meetings with someone uh, when a face-to-face isn't possible for whatever reason. Yeah. Time, time, uh, to me, that's a time management tool, so that resonates with me. Um, again, Fran, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and, and just your time on the show is so appreciated. Um, again, I hope everyone joins me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow challenge ourselves so that we all embrace this change that seems to be coming at us rapid fire. Um, And thank you again, Fran, for being my awesome guest. Thanks for your insight and, of course, all of that relevant information you shared. Um, You guys have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I look forward to seeing you all all, uh, next week. Again, go back, change, try something new, and then report back to me how it's going. I'd love to hear. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.